Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Women's Hair Loss Project podcast. And I wanted to talk about moving forward through hair loss and living with hair loss and kind of what that's looked like for me and what that's taken. Because I think that a lot of women are confronted with that issue of how am I going to, how am I going to live this way? How is that going to work? Or they feel like they can never live their life if they don't get their hair back. So if you feel like that is you, then you're speaking to somebody who felt exactly the same way. In 1999, when I was 21 years old and started losing my hair, I was convinced that if I didn't get my hair back, and I mean all of it completely before exactly the way it was before it fell out, that my life was over. Um, I felt like my life was over before it began. And I lost a huge part of my life to hair loss. I lost my 20s. Yes, I did things, you know, I went through the motions of life, but I really gave my life over to hair loss. And I don't want anybody else to do that. If I could help in any way in lessening that, that is actually why I'm here. So looking back, one of the things that really kept me stuck. One of the things that disempowered me, one of the things that didn't allow me to move forward was my mindset. Believing that, you know, anything could be any other way other than the way that I thought it should be. And the operative word there is really how I thought it should be. And how it should be, you know, that's like, who's to say what should be? We think that we're going to get to keep and, you know, maintain everything that we came into this world with. But that is often not the case for a lot of different reasons in a lot of different ways. And when it comes to hair, you know, that's something that I think as women, we don't think we're ever going to lose. We don't think that is ever going to be taken from us. I know I did. I had very thick hair growing up. It was something that I got more compliments on than anything else in my life. I didn't think hair loss happened to women. Of, Of everything that I could have possibly imagined that could go sideways in my life, hair loss never once entered the equation. So when I started losing my hair at 21 after getting off the birth control pill, it was just a downward spiral. And it went from desperation to bargaining to making deals with God to lots of prayer to I mean, you name it, if you if you can think of it, I probably did it. You know, I tried anything that I could. I went on medication I swore I'd never take. I I lived a very depressed life. I missed out on a lot of life. And looking back, it kind of saddens me to think that, that I let hair loss take that from me. And I am using those words specifically because I did let hair loss take that from me. I know it doesn't seem like a choice, but it it was a choice. I just didn't see that I had other options or another way to live. So I lived powerless. I lived helpless. Even after starting my site in 2007, you know, which was, which helped me tremendously because before that point, I felt I was the only woman this was happening to. So connecting with other women and helping other women in having that connection with each other, it was really, really healing for me. Um, something that's been a big part of my healing process and being able to live with hair loss was really feeling like it wasn't in vain. I know that of one of the many things that I prayed to God about, I just said, please, please don't let all of this suffering be for nothing. Please don't let this pain and my agony and everything I went through just just be for nothing. And I, I don't think it has been. I think that I've been able to help a lot of women. And I came to sit down here right now at this moment to talk to you because I get emails all the time from women that just don't see a future. They don't 
don't see a life beyond hair loss. And although I try to share my life and that you can get through because I feel like I was one of the most inflexible mindsets that if it can happen for me, it can happen for pretty much anybody. I know that's still hard to take in when you're dealing in it, when you're in that moment. I know what it was like one year in, two years in, three years in, four years in, and I'm 22 years in. And I still know what, I still remember the feelings that I had back then. One of the main things I think is vital to moving forward is believing that you can actually live with hair loss. And even if you don't really believe it, telling yourself that you will be okay, like I can do this because there are other people in this world that have done it and I don't have superhuman powers and neither do they. There is this moment that comes that came for me and I'll explain how it came, but that comes where all of a sudden there's a shift and you know, I don't know the exact moment of the day I just know the time frame of when the shift began and things opened up in my mind and I let go. And that's another thing I say, I use that a lot, letting go, changing your mindset, letting go, believing that you can would have been crucial. And I think that if somebody would have told me that probably in my early stages of living with hair loss and dealing with hair loss and frantically looking for treatments, I probably would have been like, yeah, well, you know, get the hell out of here. You know, you don't know what it's like, but in reality... I really do know what it's like. In 2012, I had a conference to go to and I didn't believe that I would be able to make it through the conference because my hair was so thin and see-through and I was going to be standing up in front of people and I was going to be so self-conscious and it was just one thing I just didn't think I could tackle. I had made it all the way up until that point in my life and basically kind of faking it through life, going through the motions of life, getting done what needed to be done and, you know, done well enough to where I could have a career and I could pretty much fool people into thinking I was okay when I was really anything but okay. But 2012, I was just like, I don't think I can do it. Like, I don't think I can go to this conference. I don't think I can make that work. And so I kind of was, I was a choice and it wasn't a choice. I was a bit forced into opening myself up to the idea of wearing hair. So I went on this massive wig, online wig search or whatever. And back then really there wasn't anything available, like anything like there is today. Um, it was far and few between what you could find online. There wasn't a lot of information. It was a very daunting process. I think it's a daunting process no matter what point you're starting, but trust me, in 2012, there wasn't much there. And and despite, you know, seeing women on my site that had been able to bond hair, shave their heads and do all those things, I still wasn't able to. I created a community and then I saw women come and I saw women flourish, which was amazing. And they were able to go and take their life back and see other women and get inspired and bond, do bonding for their hair or shave. A lot of women were shaving their heads. And I, I often would sit in my room and I would feel really bad about myself because I was like, I created a community for, for women to get together and all of these women can actually move forward. Not everybody's able to actually, you know, at the same pace, but like, I'm like, what is wrong with me? What is so wrong with me that I can't actually do this? Like, this is it. I am doomed. I can blog. I can connect women together, but I'm never going to be able to get my life back. I'm that this is just not in the cards for me, but that changed. It changed in 2012 and having that conference staring down the barrel of that conference, I opened 
opened up to the idea to look at wigs. And my first couple attempts at it were not very good. I did some online ordering. I ordered from eBay. I did go to a local wig salon here, like a wig shop here that at the time their clientele was really um, Jewish women. And so they weren't actually catering to the hair loss community, which has at this time changed, you know, would have been awesome back then if that was the case, but it wasn't. So it was still kind of very difficult to navigate. I still felt as a an outsider not knowing what to do, no hand holding anything of that nature. So eventually I, a, a good friend of mine was like, she was looking for hair as well. And she was in New York City. And she's like, you know, there's a place that is in Beverly Hills, I think called Philly. I saw one of their pieces at this salon in New York. She's like, maybe you want to check them out. And I was like, okay, you know, kind of like, okay, I guess kind of thing, you know, not overly enthusiastic. The, none of this process was overly enthusiastic for me. And I did. And I remember it took me forever. It just took me forever. I would I went to the website and I would just stare at the pictures. The pictures were gorgeous and it looked like a possibility, but there wasn't like enough information for me still on that website to get me to be comfortable and to even pick up the phone and make a call. Actually, it took me quite a while. I just would stare at it. I would stalk the site basically and look at the pictures and think, okay, well, maybe that's a possibility. And eventually I was able to make the call and the person working there was Vika and she was very kind and she, we made an appointment and I went in and I went in wearing the wig that I had gotten from the wig salon that I told you I visited on my own in LA. And I, so I wore that wig there and she was like, your hair looks great. What are you, you know, you're, what are you talking about? I'm like, this is a wig. And my, and she was so like honest. She's like, that's a good wig. And this is kind of an important part of my story because her honesty coming into there was really important. Her care of how she treated me was really important. And I really emphasize that a lot when I write online, if I'm posting on Facebook or Instagram about the importance of the person that you're working with, because I think that is a huge impact on your experience and your ability to embrace something. And remember, I said I had gone to the other salon, but there wasn't at the time they didn't do hair loss. And and so I, there was no handholding. I just kind of went there and I picked something and, you know, ran out. And so she sat me down and she pulled some pieces out for me. The whole depth of that story, I'm sure I've told before. But what I want to tell you about that is when she when we finally found a piece that worked for me, it was like, holy cow, I I. I went for a full wig, by the way, because the topper clips were too much for my scalp to sustain. Nowadays, they have other ways to work work around that, but they didn't back then. So I went for the full wig and I was like, oh my God, it was like staring at myself for the first time in 13 years. So because at the time I'd already been losing my hair 13 years and it was like oh, an overwhelming feeling. It was like such a great feeling. Yeah, there was a wig on my head. Yeah, the hair was removable. But these were just like details to the end result of what was in front of me, which was I something that I didn't think possible. That particular hair really resembled my hair growing up. And the piece I ended up getting, you know, it's a bit of a longer story, but the piece I ended up um, landing on was very similar to my bio hair, you know, the hair growing out of my head at the time, which was shoulder length. And it just matched it. It just made it look like it just made it look like poof, it was all back. And I at that moment, I felt a sense of elation 
that this was a possibility, but there was also a sense of probably sadness as well that like, well, this is a wig and it comes off. I put my hair on in the morning and I have this great hair and then I take it off at the end of the night and I'm still stuck with what I have. So there's all those emotions that go into it. I think that's very normal for anybody starting to wear hair if you're feeling that way. I don't think that anybody goes in, buys a wig and just slaps it on their head, you know, and then just goes skipping down the street. I think it's a process of acceptance and learning how to wear it and adapting to it in, and including it more in your lifestyle over time. It took me a while to do so. It took me a while to get comfortable with telling people. And I did so systematically telling my family and then friends and, you know, going down the line. And it was a slow, I, I feel like it was a slow process actually. But eventually I got to a place where I just didn't it just didn't bother me anymore. I wasn't, I guess the word is embarrassed or ashamed or any of those feelings that one might feel when they have to wear a wig, right? It's not your hair, it's a wig. I didn't have any of those. And I cut my hair off because it made wig wearing easier. In the same year, 2012, I cut my hair off. It just made wearing wigs easier. I was changing colors. And also I no longer wanted to see the shed. I didn't want to see my hair falling out all over the place. It's one of the most debilitating aspects of hair loss for me is actually seeing visually the loss. So cutting it short actually gave me that control to reduce that. Obviously not eliminate it completely, but it reduced that. So I basically, since 2012, have had a haircut that's like shaved at the nape, pretty close like that, like military buzz at the nape, longer in the front so that I can integrate it with my wigs. And this whole time, I continue to do PRP, the treatment that I, I've done since 2009. I did PRP and then I started wearing wigs. I cut my hair off. And I say all of those three things because those were the things that I needed to do to start to begin this process of acceptance. I think it was all of it. It wasn't just one thing, you know, PRP in itself didn't cure me or it's, you know, it still hasn't. It's, it's something that reduced the shedding. It made me feel better that I was doing something for myself. The wigs allowed me to feel the way I wanted to feel and look the way I wanted to look. I like feeling hair on my head. You know, I like that feeling. It makes me feel good. I wear my wigs in my house with nobody here when I won't take a photo just because I like the feeling of hair on my head. It made me feel confident going out, not fearing overhead lighting in restaurants. It was very empowering. And cutting my hair off allowed me to kind of deal with that visual aspect of the loss. Also, shorter hair tends to look thicker. So if I wasn't wearing a wig, it kind of looked like I had like an edgy haircut. It looked like it was a choice. And that's the whole theme of everything that was happening. It was becoming a choice. I was choosing to wear a wig. It didn't seem like it was a choice, right? Because I felt forced into it, but it was a choice. I chose to do PRP and I choose to do PRP because it helps me emotionally and practically. I I cut my hair off so that I have the choice to no longer see the loss as much. Making choices for yourself, it allows you to take your power back so you are not sitting there having everything just happen to you. And taking any kind of small step of anything in this direction is a step towards getting you closer to acceptance. And I, none of it will happen overnight because I started wearing wigs in 2012 and I put myself, you know, I was already online, but anonymously and I'm still on use my initial, but I didn't show a picture of myself from 2007 until 2012 because 
I'm a private person. I didn't want to share my name. I didn't want to share my picture. And I only did that in 2012 because I felt like this did so much for me. I could not keep this to myself. I could not not share this with other people to let them know what wig wearing could be. And so I did that, but I did it with sunglasses on because I felt like I was concealing myself. I felt like I was feeling, you know, protected enough in my privacy, even though it's kind of probably looked funny at the time. Nobody really cared. It was about the end result. It was about showing women that you can wear wigs and it's not going to be relegated to the, you know, the granny in the rocking chair. And I really wanted to allow other people to open themselves up to that possibility because I never saw it as a possibility. Uh, Over the years, I have done photo shoots with a good friend of mine, Sophie, who is my wig stylist and best friend. I included her in these shoots because she was She's not only in the industry and she's not only passionate about what she does, but she was willing to put herself out there as well as far as helping women understand like the like my vision, I guess, like when I would do like the twinning photo shoots where it was like we were both had pink hair and we were styled the same and did the who's wearing the wig. And these were kind of like fun ideas that I had to kind of just blow the lid off this whole wig gray-haired, you know, powdered wig granny thing. It's not that you have to wear hair to look as good as your girlfriend, if I'm going to say that, say it that way. But it's awesome to know that you, you feel like you're going to get dressed and get sexy or whatever it is, and you feel good about yourself. Like, that's a thing. Like, there shouldn't be anything wrong with wanting to feel good about yourself. And so we did a number of those shoots where she helped me out in putting out that type of imagery to show women that what wigs could be. And one of them, I my wig was, her hair is red. <laughs> my wig was dyed red. And we actually put it on Facebook. And it was funny because each time I put it on there, I'd say, you know, guess who's wearing the wig, which for the majority of my aud- audience who actually knows my face, they would know it was actually me. And um, actually, it was one of her family members wrote her and apologized to her for finding out that she had hair loss. So they guessed that she was the one wearing the wig, which was kind of funny. And I share this because a lot of actually I'm rambling. So I I hope somebody gets something from this. But I share all this because all of it was a process. And as I was putting this stuff out there to help other people, I was also helping myself with everything I did. It was a step towards liberating me. Some of the shoots I did with in the beginning, um, which were meant for showing wigs, like a lot of them ended up being like nude, nude photo shoots where it was like, I felt like this total empowerment of femininity. And they were awesome. You know, I don't share a lot of those online, but kind of the shoot kind of like took that direction. And everything was like one little brick towards getting me back. You know, I never felt sexy. I never felt attractive in my hair loss. Just I felt like I was eroding in the mirror. And it was all of these things that just kind of brought me closer to finding me. I started telling people, random strangers about it when they asked or not asked, but when they were like, oh, you have have nice hair. I'd be like, it's a wig, you know, I don't know if I was doing it for shock value. I don't know what I was doing it for. It was just becoming a reflex. And they that muscle built up. And because I got so much positive reinforcement from those shares or overshares, I became acutely aware that nobody really cared. Nobody cared that I was wearing wigs. Nobody cared when I told them I was had hair loss because of my wigs. They just didn't. And so 
as they accepted me for accepting me, I accepted me more, if that makes sense. And as far as the timeline, again, I was wearing sunglasses from 2012 while putting myself out there till 2015. I didn't take my sunglasses off to show the world my eyes that I had eyeballs until 2015. This process was so slow for me, all of it from the beginning since 1999. And the one thing that I wish that I knew back then, the one thing I really wish I knew back then was that if I could tap into just letting in this possibility, which I could not do and would not do, if I could just believe or fake it or tell myself it could be okay, it is possible. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to happen overnight, but it can happen. You will be okay. Even if you feel like you will not be okay right now, even if you feel like you cannot accept right now, remember, I keep saying right now, it is at this moment you are feeling that way. I definitely felt that way for years and 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 then add on more years and years and years and years and years until the day that I didn't, until the day that I just realized, okay, this is what it is. My hair is not coming back. I have androgenetic alopecia. I have female pattern baldness. I have attempted with all my might to reduce the shedding as much as possible to slow the progression, but I have female pattern hair loss. My hair has been declining since 1999. This is not going to change. I have accepted that. I wear wigs and I have to accept the limitations of those too. It's not all perfect. Nothing about wigs is all perfect. It, you know, there are a lot of things that go along with that. That's a different podcast. But I accept the limitations of wigs because no bad wig scenario that has happened in my world, which by the way, when I say bad wig scenario, I would say a wig inconvenience or no, not really bad wig scenarios has ever trumped what I had to do feeling hostage, do or I should say feel when I felt hostage to my hair loss. It just has not existed. It just is not a thing. If you can, if you're able to take the steps, small steps, any step, towards self-talk, like in believing in yourself, hearing my words telling you, I believe in you. I truly do. I don't even know you. I'm not looking at you. But I believe in you, even if you don't believe in yourself today, that this is a possibility that you can live with hair loss. If your hair loss is not coming back, if you have androgenetic alopecia, if it is progressive, you're not staring down a barrel of a life of misery, of no acceptance, of no laughs or no smiles. There is laughter, there is smiles. You will be happy again. You can be happy again. You will still have life to deal with, okay? It doesn't fix life, you know? That's another thing, you know? It's not like I, once this part of my life just all snapped together that boom, it was you know, rainbows and sunshine. Actually, conversely, when my hair loss and wig wearing and this whole thing kind of got under control as far as my ability to deal with it and stuff like that, actually, quite the opposite happened because everything that I had shoved down, everything that I had pushed down in my life that I couldn't deal with, that I didn't want to deal with, that I couldn't stare at in the face, that it just was, it paled in comparison to my hair loss. Everything paled in comparison to my hair loss. So I didn't, so it just, I just was existing or existing around me or I just didn't tend to it. Once this area of my life was called, I'll call it fixed, even though I'm using that term loosely, um, accepted, I should say. Everything else that was left untended to for over a decade just flooded to the surface. It's like my growth halted as a human being when my hair loss began. 
like self-growth and dealing with problems and relationships and everything. It's just like, bam, everything came flooded full face to the surface. So it wasn't like I got the acceptance part going. And I was like, yeah, everything's gonna be awesome. You would think that would be the case, but that isn't necessarily the case. I think oftentimes we are neglecting our world around us. You're neglecting your relationships. You're neglecting things in your life that you really need for you to be happy and to be fulfilled. You're missing out on that. Not because you want to. I know that. I know that more than anybody, but it's happening. And I just want to make you aware of it or conscious of it or share that part of my story. I feel that this was kind of an all over the place recording and literally completely off the cuff. I hadn't planned on sitting down and saying anything, but I've received a number of emails that really spoke to me and I really wanted to speak to you and I really wanted to say these things for the person that needs to hear it today that you can be okay you will be okay you can live with hair loss there is life after hair loss and if I am anything of any representation of anything to anybody it's proof of that because I was the person that never believed it was possible. So I will end it there. And thank you guys so much for listening. Um, If you want to find me online, you can visit my website at womenshairlossproject.com. You can find me on Instagram at WHLP Network. I'm also on Facebook at Women's Hair Loss Project and on YouTube, Women's Hair Loss Project. And believe it or not, I also have a Twitter account at WHLP Network. Of course, all of this is accessible through my website. So anyways, I want to thank you guys again and I want to send my love to all. Bye.